This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and you could be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call online at 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the ice-cold, delicious taste of a Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. You heard the highlight there. Carl Ravitch and team ESPN Radio had the broadcast last, last night of the, Angel, the Angels? The Astros. <laughs> the Angels the Rangers. I combine I combined the Astros and the Rangers into the Angels. <laughs> okay. The Astros beating the Rangers 8-5 to last night. That series now 2-1. Before we get to that... Let's give the love to the Las Vegas Aces, yes. who win a back-to-back championship with hey. a 78-69 win over the Liberty last hey. night, WNBA Finals, as seen on ESPN. And Becky Hammond and her team win it. Mark Davis owns that team, also owner of the Raiders, of course, and he danced post-game. Yeah, and I just realized that Mark Davis has a ridiculous mustache, and that's probably <laughs> why I don't trust him as an NFL owner. Now, I guess owning a WNBA team, a different thing. He's got the only million-dollar coach in the league, and that's money well spent because it's returned in kind with back-to-back championships for the first time in WNBA history. So shout-out to Asia Wilson and the Las Vegas Aces yes. for being able to get that done. As Asia said last night, this ish ain't easy. Congratulations to y'all. It is not, and it was so interesting. I you know, all the days run together, guys. I think it was last week we sp- spoke to Cheryl Swoops about this yeah. and how Asia Wilson had reached out to her for advice on how to repeat because it's such a difficult thing to do physically, mentally, emotionally. So clearly the advice worked, right? No doubt. And she had a point to prove in this series because Stewie, Brianna Stewart, yes. won the MVP. Well, she's a part of the LOL gang now because Asia Wilson is having the last laugh with this situation. So congratulations to the Aces. I also like this. I appreciated the smalls. You know, the small things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Aces spade champagne at the post-game cool. press conference where they were the champ. Just very the little cool. things, the little things. Very, very cool, very spicy. So, the little hanging on the rim right there I for the that. Las Vegas Aces. You know, the WNBA has grown in popularity thanks to ESPN and all the great basketball, obviously, that we see at, with the WNBA. These are the kind of things, personally, as a sports fan, I actually love. I love dominance in sports, even mm-hmm. if it's not my team. I think it creates— Well, then they'll be your team. Well, uh, well, you know who's a part owner of the team. <laughs> I'm just saying Tom if there's Brady. a team that's dominant, they will eventually be yeah. your team. Where's my Aces gear? I need my Aces <laughs> gear today. There but you I go. think it, good point. Um Chiefs, hello. Uh I think in general, <laughs> this creates the heroes and villains, yes. right? So people are either gonna love the Aces or not love the Aces. And I think them winning so much is great. It's great for the WNBA. Liberty fans aren't happy today. Other fans of other teams necessarily aren't happy today. But the reality is I think this nece- this gives that hero villain approach when it comes to sports. Astros have been that villain, obviously, yep. in Major League Baseball. They were down 2 nothing in the CS against the Rangers. The Rangers had not lost the game up until this point. And you're going into that game up 2 nothing, and you put a first ballot Hall of Famer on the mound in Max Scherzer. And that proved to be an awful decision by a first ballot Hall of Fame manager in Bruce Bochy. As Max Scherzer gets rocked last night, four innings, five hits, five runs, five earned. He is, again, he's a Hall of Famer. But his ERA in the postseason <laughs> worse than it is in the regular season. And the definition of clutch in many ways is just be the same as you always are, right? Derek Jeter was not significantly better in the postseason. He was just the same in the postseason. And the same for a guy like that is really good. In this case, 
Max Scherzer's numbers are worse in the postseason than they are in the regular season. Yeah, the last two postseason, he's allowed more earned runs than he has inning pitched. That's not a good thing. Max Scherzer basically threw batting practice for the Houston Astros. They had 12 hits, five off of Scherzer, and four innings of work for him. I just, I don't. I don't see a way that this ends well for Scherzer. I think he's done done. Mm-hmm. He's had a great career. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer like Ev just mentioned. But in terms of helping a team ascend and competing in the championship rounds, he just ain't got it no more. And so I, I wonder how the, how the Astros are going to fare if this is a, a situation now where they can build momentum for the rest of the way with this series or – do the Rangers bounce back once they get Jordan Montgomery and Nathan Avalu back on the mound? I think it's probably more the latter than the former, and the outlier is going to be Scherzer's pitching performance. Well, he was coming back from that that strain that he had. He hadn't made a, a start in a little over five weeks. You know, yeah. This was a big conversation heading into this game. What were you going to get out of him? Mm-hmm. When we talked to Jessica Mendoza, she said they really need him to go deep into the game. But I just didn't know how you were going to get that from somebody who isn't in that rhythm, who was coming back from an injury and hadn't been pitching, especially in the postseason, as you mentioned, for quite some time. But listen, the Astros are one team that you do not want to count for dead. Yes. They have the muscle memory of a champion. This is their seventh consecutive ALCS. I know outside of the pandemic season that no team throughout history lost two home games to begin a league championship series and went on to advance. But I think if any team can find a way to do it, it's going to be the Houston Astros because they've been there, done that. I mean, you heard it after the game. Uh, the rhetoric has been with them. There's no panic here. And why would they freak out? Because they ha- consistently find a way to get it done. No doubt about it. And they have professional hitters, guys that put together quality at-bats. I mean, just rolling through their lineup. Jose Altuve, outstanding MVP. Michael Brantley, professional hitter. He's going to grind out at-bats. And then Jordan Alvarez, who's hitting over 400 in the postseason. And then Alex Bregman. So, I mean, those guys are always going to be a tough out. And that's why I wonder if them being away from Houston takes a little bit of pressure off. We know about the splits. They're better on the road than they are at home. Way better. Is this a situation now where they can climb back into this series and, and, and make a, a, a CS of it? Or is it going to be the Rangers being able to roll over on once they get Evaldi and Montgomery back on the mound? So that, that's, that's going to be fun to watch. I'm always rooting against the Houston Astros because of my Yankee fandom. I don't want good things for them, just like I don't want good things for Pat Costello and his his Philly sports fandom. But I I think this is a situation now where you let a dangerous team actually get back into a series. That's the theme right there, in my opinion. You cannot – the Diamondbacks, with all disrespect, fine. You could let them win a game. I'm still going to pick the Phillies to win. You cannot give this Astros team that window. They're too experienced. They're too good. They're going to buzz it up all game long. And I think that they are a team that you absolutely (laughs) cannot let back in. Creed at the game last night. Now Creed is a bad luck charm for the Rangers. What are we doing with that? Of course, we have all the coverage ESPN Radio um, all postseason long through the World Series. Today, 5.07 p.m. Eastern Time, Phillies and Diamondbacks. Their game three. And then 8.03 p.m. Eastern Time, Astros and Rangers. Their game four tonight. No sign of where the Angels are, despite what I said to start the show here. (laughs) In addition, tonight we do have Thursday night football between the Jaguars and the Saints. The biggest storyline going into this game is the health of Trevor Lawrence. I always assume, and maybe this is dumb, blindly, guy who never misses games, guy who plays through injury, will just play tonight. So I understand it's a storyline, but I'm just assuming that Trevor Lawrence is going to play tonight. Well, yeah, if he doesn't, then it's going to be C.J. Beathard for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know a lot of people out there aren't familiar with his work. Trust me, it's not great. 
<laughs> and it's a situation where you're playing against a desperate team in the New Orleans Saints who have lost three of their last four. And the Saints came in having the expectation of being able to win the NFC South. This is an opportunity for them because the Tampa Bay Bucks just dropped a game to the Lions on Sunday. So they can make up some ground in the division, and I think it has to start right now. If they get a backup quarterback, this all of a sudden becomes a must-win for the New Orleans Saints. So curious to watch this this game. This is a sneaky game for both teams. This is an interesting spot. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars, if we're going to take them seriously, this is a game that you need to win. And I get that they're up against it because it's a short week. They're on the road and their quarterback is banged up. But ultimately, if we want to take them seriously as a team that can go on a deep playoff run, these are the games you have to win. If you're Trevor Lawrence, even though you're not feeling great, even though you're not 100%, you got to find a way to be able to will your team to a win. And 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 that's the thing that I'm going to be looking for tonight in the Jacksonville Jaguars. I want to see the sports character of this team because it's going to tell me about what the ceiling on this team is going to be this season. And that's why – you know, I know that, like you said, Evan, he's a guy that is usually out there and will game through it, but you don't have a shot without Trevor Lawrence, just no. like you don't have a shot without Joe Burrow. And so, Cece, have you ever dealt with that, a sprained knee? Have you ever had to play through that? Because yeah. as a quarterback, yeah. I'm wondering how you get through that. Yeah, it's not a, it's not comfortable. Now, I don't know if they're braced, if he's comfortable wearing a brace. Uh, I mean, but I think it is going to impact the play calling from uh-huh. Doug Peterson tonight. Like, you'll probably see him in more shotgun than you would under center. There are not going to be a lot of drop back situations just to kind of alleviate some of the wear and tear, some of the movement. Um, you know, I, I think that is probably going to have to be the approach. Lean on Travis to ETN and take uh-huh. Bigsby with the run game. I, I think if you're Jacksonville, it's about finding a way to get a win, shorten the game as much as you can because you realize that your quarterback, the most important player on your team, is not 100% healthy. So you want to have as little heavy lifting on Trevor Lawrence as you possibly can, and this is – one of those situations where you want him to play point guard rather than go out there and ask him to be Superman. Now, the flip side of this is that if the Saints lose tonight, they drop to 3-4. and four. Conventional wisdom before the season was not that the Saints are a Super Bowl team, but that the Saints seem like the most logical pick in the NFC South because the rest of the division is not very good. Yep. Carolina is winless. We know that. Nobody before the season believed in the Buccaneers. They lost the greatest player in the history of the sport. Not any fault of their own, obviously, in Tom Brady. And the Falcons, we all said what we're still saying, which is imagine if they had a big-time quarterback, what they would look like. Yep. But if they drop the three and four, an interesting scenario because you've got the Falcons and the Bucks playing this weekend. And sure, they're one game back of the division. But if the Bucs win... They're t- the Saints become tied with the Falcons. The Falcons are four and two. They're two games back. The Saints are through six games. Nobody would have thought that. No. Maybe they wouldn't have been in first place. But two games back in that division actually is significant because that means you're really bad because nobody's really good. Yeah. And the question <laughs> will start as to was this Derek Carr move worth it if they lose tonight and then the Bucks win on Sunday and they fall two games back of one of the worst divisions, if not the worst division in the sport? Yeah, I think it changes how we look at Derek Carr, right? He used to get the benefit of the doubt because he was playing with the Las Vegas Raiders, and that's the organization that puts the fun in dysfunction. So I, I, I think it's a situation for him where he's going to have to show and prove that now that you're with a stable franchise, now that you have weapons around you in your skill position core, now that you have a top-10 defense supporting you, can you go out there and be the difference and win football games? And right now, we don't have the answer to that question. And as this thing drags on, and if the Saints continue to be a middling team, then all of a sudden I think the perception of who Derek Carr is as a quarterback is going to change. Remember, a few years ago, he was the one that shepherded the Vegas Raiders to a playoff berth amidst all the dysfunction. Remember what happened with John Gruden. Remember what happened with Henry Ruggs, that tragedy. 
Derek Carr and Rich Bisaccia were the stabilizing forces for the Raiders, and they actually got to the playoffs, you know, in a situation that defies all logic. And so now, you know, we want to see those same types of intangibles correlate or translate to this team being able to have success, win the division, and get into the playoffs. If they don't, it's got to be a massive disappointment. Yeah, heading into this season, I think all of us said Derek Carr going to the Saints is the best decision for him because he's automatically the best quarterback in that division. Well, he's going to have to start playing like that. I know that two of uh, New Orleans' losses are by a touchdown or less, but you've got to be the X factor in those games. So I, I definitely think that if this trend continues, we're going to be having a different conversation about Derek Carr. And after tonight, they do have four winnable games. At the Colts, home against the Bears, at the Vikings, at the Falcons. But Those other teams are looking at the Saints exactly. as a winnable game. If yeah, they that's where I was going. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was going. You have winnable games, but you're not good enough to necessarily just write those in as wins and, right And now. their defense is top five in, yes. in total defense. They have a good defense, a really good defense yeah we have multiple teams in the league that have unbelievable defenses and their offenses can't play yeah i mean the browns the saints i mean we have teams that are kind of have that same storyline all right coming up is there a super bowl preview coming up this weekend we'll get to that next on sportsmanlike on espn radio have you ridden an electric e-bike yet you need to check out electric e-bikes today the number one selling e-bike in america two things stand out that bikers love about electric number one the majority of their models come pre-assembled so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Dolphins-Eagles this weekend, Sunday night football. Not crazy to say potential Super Bowl preview? Maybe, possibly, not necessarily likely, but not impossible? Tua brought it up. Why not? Why not? Well, Why not? I yeah. agree. I agree. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. So, this Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, Matt LaFleur... I guess originally Mike Shanahan offense. Everybody thinks, oh, just put this guy in there. Put that guy in there. It should be easy. It just runs itself. Well, Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel was asked about that yesterday during his press conference. There are some folks who believe that many quarterbacks in this scheme with you as the coach, with Tyreek and Jalen, maybe even many, many quarterbacks would excel, would flourish, would be near the top of the passer Raider leading MVP candidate, what, if any, pushback is there relative to, wait, no, no, hold on, 
Tua is a little bit. About to push this podium over. Um, <laughs> my my answer to that would would be who the f cares because it's it, there's it is a team we're working together and I know one thing um, I've coached stuff a long time I haven't seen people do what our guys do in a lot of experiences. So I tend to agree with Mike McDaniel that. Tua in no way, shape, or form is a system quarterback and they're system offensive players. I also never understood why that is deemed a disrespectful thing. Hey, a coach runs a system. You're a player that plays in the system and you're really good in that system. Isn't that the job of what they're supposed to – what would you like Tua to do? Run a different offense than Mike McDaniel is coaching him? I mean, CeCe, you played in the NFL for 11 years. Mm -hmm. You were an Al Groh, Bill Parcells, Tom Coughlin guy with John Harbaugh as well. I don't want to say you played in the exact system, but those three guys basically come from the same thing. They look for certain things. You fit that thing. You were great at it. Why is that a negative? To me, that's a compliment, isn't it? Yeah, it should be, but I think people take things you know, out of context or they look for ways to kind of dumb down um, what Tua has been able to do just because I think folks are on the fence about what Tua can be. I mean, he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the National Football League. He's second in completion percentage to only Josh Allen. So I, I just think... We always look at a reason why, you know, Tua is not the franchise guy, and I just think we got to stop trying to pick holes in this game because he is playing at an MVP level. He's got he's top five in QBR. Now the other side of the corner is Jalen Hurts is too, and that's what this matchup is so intriguing because it's almost a a measuring stick for both of those quarterbacks and guys that we think will be in the MVP conversation. I mean, you look at them, both are top five in the MVP odds with Tua number one on the list with the shortest odds. So I think it becomes an interesting game from that perspective because of the history of the two quarterbacks. But then you also have to look at these two teams matching up, right? Like this is a matchup of the number one offense in the National Football League versus the number two offense. But that number two is a country mile away from where the Miami Dolphins are. The Dolphins are averaging 498 yards per game. (laughs) The Philadelphia Eagles are averaging 395 yards per game. It's the widest gap between the number one offense and the number two offense since the merger in 1970. So this is this is a very very interesting matchup, and it's an important game for both teams because of the division the division standings and the stakes with uh, trying to compete for a division title. Absolutely, I I don't know why people try to discount what Tua is doing. Like we are the we are the founding members of the Brock Purdy fan club, and I while I don't agree with it, Brock Purdy was Mister Irrelevant, so people are waiting for the other shoe to drop, or they're just saying he doesn't elevate his team; he just executes what Kyle Shanahan wants him to do. So mm-hmm. I. Again, don't agree with that, but understand why they would look at him relative to his draft status and assume that he's not supposed to be the guy that he is. Tua's supposed to be this guy. He's a top-five pick. He has the pedigree. He played at Alabama. He is being the guy that he was projected to be. And just because he's working within a system that has a lot of talent and that is very friendly to him and his skill set, I don't know why people want to somehow downgrade that and take it away from him. Why, just because he's dealt with injuries in the past? It's very confusing to me why people don't want to give this guy the credit that he deserves. Okay, I think the reason that we that people say that he doesn't get the credit, and I'll deal in fact— He was in and out of the lineup under his previous head coach, Brian Flores, right? There was a coach that didn't 100% believe in him. 
Yesterday, people can go back on the ESPN app and listen to our podcast. We had the conversation about how many teams Caleb Williams would be a better fit USC quarterback than the current quarterback. CC said Miami. Now, that was not saying two is bad. That was saying that the Caleb Williams is a generational player. We talked about Justin Herbert. You still said Justin Herbert over him. And I think what people hear is, oh, a guy like Chris Canty, NFL analyst, doesn't like him. That is not at all what it what it was happening. It, it's we're ranking, and you rank Tua less than one or two, that's when people Hold go on, off let me, on it. Hold on, let me jump in right quick. Yeah. When I'm talking about Tua and the other other quarterbacks, whether it's Justin Herbert or Caleb Williams, the only reason I'm not sold on Tua is because I don't know if he can stay healthy. Right. But no, I'm that, saying that, your that, that's the biggest are caveat. Like that's the biggest caveat. Like I'm always looking at it. It's nothing to do with what Tua does that's when he's saying. on the field. Yeah, that's the I'm biggest saying. question is whether or not he can stay healthy. 100%. But I'm not discounting what his abilities are, and he's the perfect fit for what Mike McDaniel wants to do. Similar to what we said about Sean Payton with Drew Brees. It's the perfect fit. A quarterback that can get the ball out on time. A quarterback that's very accurate, creating catch-and-run opportunities by putting the ball on his receivers in stride. Those things matter when it comes to trying to have success. So forget about, oh, he's in a, the perfect scheme for him or he's got the perfect weapon. But that's a compliment. That, that's, that's, listen, that is team building. Right, that's I don't what understand that. Most players in the National Football League are scheme guys. Most, guy, most players aren't scheme diverse. You can't plug and play in any system. Coaches look for players that have the dominant traits that fit whatever scheme they're running. That's that's the job. That's what the coaches do. And when a coach taps you on the shoulder and says, you're my guy, like he did with Tua when Mike McDaniel took the job, Tua went out there and executed. He returned that confidence in kind with the kind of performances that we saw last year and being able to carry that into this season. We are saying the same thing. I just want no to be doubt. clear on that. No doubt. And, and I think that what I'm saying is, to answer Small's question is, why do people take that? They don't listen to the full context of it. They say, oh, Chris Canty had Justin Herbert over Tua. Okay, so if, yeah, we have Tom Brady over Peyton Manning. So you're the second best quarterback of a generation. That's not an insult, right? And this whole, and, and I, this is where you have to relate it, in my opinion, to real life. So Mike McDaniel is a phenomenal head coach. He looks at the talent around him and he plays their strengths. Mm -hmm. And that's now being held against them. So you want to go to work every single day. Wherever you're listening, we appreciate it. Or watching, we appreciate it. You go to your job. You're really good at one thing. You want your boss to say to you, do another thing? No. Because, right. So that's instead of the three of us hosting, we go over there where Mike is sitting and he's phenomenal on the technology side. We have to then go do that. We're going to be in big trouble, right? So instead, ESPN says to us, thankfully, play to your strengths, host a radio show. Oh, they're system radio host. Yeah, and this is a system. Great, awesome. You have Tua, who's in a system that Mike McDaniel runs. Would you like him to do something differently to not play to Tua's strengths? Because those people are saying who anyone could do this. No, they can't. Because guess what? The system would be different if it was someone else. If There's no two quarterbacks that are exactly the same. This system that Mike McDaniel has created is specifically for the person he has. If Tua retires tomorrow and they have Caleb Williams... The system's going to be a little bit differently and run differently. And if Caleb Williams is great at it, awesome. That's your job. Your job as a coach is to create a system that works. So if you get called the system quarterback, your answer should be, thank you. That means I'm doing my job. It's ridiculous. Anything else? I think we're good on that. <laughs> no, I think Just, you dropped you dropped the mic. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> yeah, right. You dropped it's the true, mic. It's and true, let's though. be and let's be honest. This really comes from people calling Brady a system quarterback. That's really what that is for me because it drives me nuts. We it, know that everything happens back any, to the Patriots. I don't think anybody's calling Brady a system quarterback anymore. They, well, <laughs> I don't think I don't think they did. I don't think they're doing that he, anymore. He's the damn system. I'll tell you that much. Coming up, a six week NFL check in. We'll get to that next on Sportsman like ESPN Radio.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We're going to go to the doctor. We're going to get a little checkup. Oh, absolutely. We're we going to go to the doctor. We got to take the temperature. <coughs> Six weeks, we're a third of the way through the NFL season. We got to yeah. figure out exactly what's going on when it comes to certain things. So, Smalls, yes. I'm going to kick it off with you. Let's go. The most disappointing quarterback through the first six weeks of the NFL season. I know he's dealing with an injury now, but it's got to be Justin Fields, right? Mm. Ooh, I didn't go there. I didn't see that one. Okay. Heading, heading into the season, I thought that Justin Fields was going to take a massive step forward. We were talking about the Bears being a team that could go from worst to first in their division. We were talking about Justin Fields being the leader of that charge and playing so well that maybe, just maybe, his name would be in the MVP conversation at some point. He got DJ Moore, that number one target that he had been looking for. We thought he was going to take the step forward with the arm and it has been nothing short of a disaster in Chicago yeah and here's the thing everybody wants to dismiss the poor performances from Justin Fields because it's organizational dysfunction but they did the right thing by putting weapons around him they yeah. got him a number one receiver as you mentioned they upgraded the offensive line and it still hasn't looked quite right so I'm with you on that one I thought you were going to go another quarterback the guy I'm rolling with he's dealing with an injury right now but he better find a way to get his ass back soon because he's the biggest question in Cleveland. That, of course, is Deshaun Watson. They guaranteed this dude $230 million and burned three first-round draft picks in order to acquire him. And they haven't been returned in kind based on the performances or lack thereof from Watson. So this is a guy that's got to get back because he's got a team that's capable of winning a championship. They got the best defense in football. They got skill position players. You, 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 got every, you got a running game. You got everything that you need in order to win except the damn quarterback. And Cleveland paid a premium to get the quarterback. Yes. And it's still a huge question mark. So I didn't pick Watson because my expectations were not that he could be the guy that the Browns paid him to be. Like, wow. I, like in, I was in St. Louis at the time. I thought that he had been out too long. Yep. And there was too much external noise for mm-hmm. him to ever return to form. Whereas with Justin Fields, I thought that he was going to be much better. Yeah, my answer was Watson as well. And the reason my answer was Watson and, and why I feel that way is I don't have an answer on him yet. I thought by now I'd know, is he the guy or is he not the guy? I still have no idea. He is a he is an incomplete. He's a maybe. He, he's a waste of time in terms, not him personally, but n- trying to figure out your quarterback with the team that has that good of a defense is a waste of time for a team. 
you got to get it moving. Deshaun, I'm not saying Deshaun is. I'm saying the situation they're in is, is time-wasting right now. So I said Watson. All righty. Let's keep this thing pushing. Small's the most disappointing team through the say, first six weeks. Uh, sorry to cut you off there. I'm going to stay in the same division and go with the Minnesota Vikings, who are sitting at 2-4 and four right now. I didn't think that they were going to be able to replicate what they did last season, winning all those close games. I thought that the carriage would turn into a pumpkin, and it mm-hmm. did. But I didn't expect them to be this bad. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Vikings are a huge disappointment. Surprised that they're not more aggressive in trying to trade Kirk Cousins. You would think they're trying to get something from them. Maybe they end up working out a long-term deal. We'll have to see about that. My most disappointing team has to be the Denver Broncos. And again, it's the return on investment when it comes to the the head coach and the quarterback. Combined, it's three first-round draft picks, and it's, what, $65 million? $18 million from... Uh, your, your boy Sean Payton, and then another forty-eight and a half million dollars for Russell Wilson. So yeah, sixty-six million dollars that you got invested in those two every single year, and you got exactly one win for show for it. What the hell is going on, Devil? Give me something. Give me something, Ev. That's the one that I had, unfortunately, and that's the, that's the team that I thought would have a good season this year. I will say, and you guys can back me up on this, I'm not going to say the Vikings because I'm not surprised at all. I thought it was the easiest preseason pick gambling-wise. No matter what you got as an over-under, bet the under on the Vikings. It just never happens two years in a row yeah. with a team that doesn't have an elite of an elite quarterback to have that many fortunate wins like they did a year ago. What, 10 or 11 under in one-score games? 11, yeah. Yeah, 11 one-score wins. So Broncos for sure. I thought Russ would be a top three in the MVP. I already put my dollar in the uh, bad take jar on that one. Thought Sean Payton would make a big difference so far he hasn't i'm not writing either of them off forever but um it's close all right so we're doing our six-week check-in right now and whipping around the nfl and f since i keep taking your picks i'm gonna give you an opportunity (laughs) right now your six-week mvp in the national football league yeah i i've been riding the brock purdy train as we all have but coming off of a game that i actually think helped him as odd as that sounds but i know we, we don't have to go down that road again here I'm actually going to say Jared Goff. Okay. Wow. And, I, and the main reason I'm saying this, I'm sticking to this conversation here, because I think it needs to be said. It's Jared Goff's MVP to lose. It is. If you look at the schedule, they have a relatively easy schedule the rest of the way. He's been great this year, and they're 5-1. and one. They're going to win the division. I'll tell you one quick thing, guys. I've had this thought in my head, and I'm not trying to retroactively downgrade a career. But isn't Jared Goff experiencing what Aaron Rodgers experienced for 15 years, beating up on a bad division? And I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is not a first ballot, elite, all-time great Hall of Famer. And I understand part of it is when you're that good, you make others around you look bad. It was, it's my argument forever with Serena Williams. People mm-hmm. say, oh, who did she play? It doesn't matter. She's that good. She's going to make everybody look terrible. So I get Aaron Rodgers is like that. But Jared, did Jared Goff just pick up where Aaron Rodgers left off and just beating up on the NFC North? Did that just happen? It kind of feels like it's going that yeah, way. And now people are asking the question, is Detroit the best team in the NFC? Same thing a, we a said week, about the a Packers week, with the A week ago, that would have sounded ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Right. So there we go. Yeah, so I got Goff. Smalls, what you got? I've got Tua. The Miami Dolphins offense is absolutely explosive. So far in the season, 2,992 yards of offense. Mm. It's the second most through six games in NFL history behind the greatest show on turf Rams. And I just don't think this offense is going to slow down. And Tua, call him a system quarterback. You try, try and dismiss him all Say you thank want. you. Say thank you exactly. if somebody does that. What, whatever you want to say about him, he's effective, and I think he's going to be the MVP. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's got to be Tua, right? I mean, you're talking about a guy that's leading the league in passing yards, and he's tied for the league 
league leading passing touchdowns, and his offense is the number one offense in points and yards. It's it's historically great. Mike McDaniel said it yesterday. He hadn't seen anybody do what his guys are doing. He hadn't seen that up close and personal in the NFL. I get that he's got one of the best non-quarterbacks in the league in Tyreek Hill to throw the ball to. He's got the fastest skill position core maybe in NFL history, but he is operating the offense at an elite level. I think people have a hard time dismissing the 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 bad performance that he had in Buffalo a couple of weeks back. Mm-hmm. But he's going to have an opportunity to make up for that because he's got a primetime game against the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. And in two weeks after uh, week seven and week nine, he's got a date in Arrowhead with the Kansas City Chiefs. So if Tua shows well and the Miami Dolphins win those games, I think the detractors from Tua will have a lot less oxygen. They'll have a lot less uh, validity in terms of not wanting to believe that he is – a force multiplier in the scheme that Mike McDaniels has for him. Okay, so we got the MVP. Now we got to get to the Super Bowl winner. Who's the team that's going to win the Super Bowl after what you've seen in the first six weeks, Smalls? This one was really tough because my first thought was to go with San Francisco. Even even in coming Mm -hmm. off a loss, they have been dominant top to bottom for a good stretch of the season. But if I had to put money on it right now, there's not a team that I feel better about than the Miami Dolphins. Okay. Wow. I think I would put money on it right now. I feel that good about the Dolphins. And again, maybe it's my greatest show on turf muscle memory. Maybe it's me going back to that team and the similarities between this Dolphins offense and that St. Louis Rams greatest show on turf team. Um, and maybe I'm transferring my confidence that I had in them to this team. But I don't know. I just think that when they get to the playoffs, can't you see Mike McDaniel finding all sorts of creative ways to exploit the defenses and use all of the weapons that he has at his disposal to win games? I just see it happening. I don't think there's anything wrong with, as you say, using the muscle memory. I feel like we all do that. We all look for the comp of this team reminds me of so I could see them doing this. Because my answer is the same, not the same team, but the same thought process. Until proven otherwise, if you don't pick the Kansas City Chiefs, you're just wrong. You just I'm sorry. Like that's how that's how I I'm not saying you actually are. I'm saying that's how I feel. Sure. Right? And my muscle memory goes to were the Patriots never gonna be the pick to win the Super Bowl? They were always going to be the pick to win the Super Bowl with Brady and Belichick. Best coach, best quarterback, most experienced, been there and done that, until proven otherwise, and now we have to spin their loss is a good loss because it's only to the it's to the Detroit Lions, a really good team. Yep. I think the Niners are awesome. Absolutely awesome. I think the Eagles can be awesome, but I'm picking the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think it's the Kansas City Chiefs. But if I've got to pick a team that I think can close the gap from where the Chiefs are at right now and where they're at until the end of the season in the Super Bowl, I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. I keep saying this all the time. They understand the assignment. (laughs) It ain't about just stacking regular season wins. It's about improving steadily throughout the course of this year. And they got a lot of young players that are key cogs playing key roles for the first time this season. And I think as the season goes on, as they get more experience, they're only going to get better. They also got to get healthier because right now Lane Johnson is banged up. Jalen Carter's banged up. And that has been the strength for this Eagles team over the last two or three seasons, making sure that they're strong in the trenches. But I think that this is a team that's going to continue to grow, that's going to continue to get better. If Brian Johnson, their offensive coordinator and their play caller, can get on the same page with Jalen Hurts, and there's no reason to think that they won't under Nick Sirianni, then this is going to be a team that's once again going to be in the championship round. So if I had to put money on a team outside of the Chiefs, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, now we got one more through the first six weeks, based on what you've seen, first head coach to get fired. Brandon Staley. Smalls? 
I think Brandon Staley, too. Ooh, I'm going to go Frank Reich. Oh. I think Frank Reich is gone. I think Frank Reich. Because he called out the owner probably. Oh, yeah. You can't get away with that. I don't know why that. I went with Brandon Steele. Like, I've been the one pushing the Frank Reich yeah, thing. Good Frank, job by you. Frank, Bad Frank, job by Frank, me. Frank, Frank, Frank Reich is I literally toast. have been saying, Reich's gone and the Chargers won't pay Staley. Rye toes, white bread toes, whatever kind of He's gone. Marble toast. rye. Marble rye? Marble it's delicious. Cinnamon No way. Wow. Cinnamon raisin toast? Oof. No. no I'm not in on no, that. No, no, no. Not All right, that. so that's the six-week check-in. That's there we the go. We went to the doctor. We, we got the checkout. The checkout, we came out healthy, I think. Check out. Check out. We're we checking we out now. Gro- we had the grocery store? <laughs> yeah, <we're, laughs> we went from the doctor to the supermarket. Now we're going to go to the Brock Purdy game. You'll, we'll explain. You'll like it next on Sportsman Like ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Hey, steady brocking all night. Hey. <laughs> Nailed love it. it. Love, Nailed it. It. love it. it. Love it. Love it. Oh, God. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Welcome back into the Brock Purdy Fan Club here on ESPN Radio. So we got a little game for you today. Smalls and CC are going to be the contestants. Oh my gosh! You want out already? Well, I'm just I'm nervous about this. Yeah. You're nervous? Yes, I was okay. told there'd be no math. Well, there's going to be some math here. Yeah. So here's the Brock Purdy game. One of the most amazing parts of the Brock Purdy storyline with the San Francisco 49ers is he makes $870,000. You're obsessed with how much Brock Purdy makes. You're obsessed with it. You're obsessed with it. Don't go into my pockets going into someone else's pockets. You're obsessed with Brock Purdy making $870,000 I'm obsessed with the percentage of cap. He's obsessed with it. Again, you have to remember, everything comes back to Brady. This is a Brady storyline early on in his career. No, you're making it a Brady storyline. Right. Real quick, have you ever interviewed Tom Brady? No. Would you be okay to do it? I actually don't have I don't know if Brady would it. be okay with it because I feel like Ed would make it socially awkward. Would you try to hold his hand or something? Yeah. Again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did once. We're in Miami outside of a bar. No. Anyway. Wow. I got to know how that story ends offline. 100%. <laughs> right? It ends with I, nothing I did, happening. I did, hold Tom Brady. I did hold Tom Brady's yeah, hand. I was, I was in handcuffs. Exactly. Um, okay. So Brock Purdy makes $870,000, which in NFL terms is nothing. Right? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at some of the quarterbacks around the league. And we're going to say, how, we're going to give you an over-under on how many Purdy's they have per game. In other words, what they get paid per game. For example, if a quarterback gets $10 million per game, or $5 million, a $1 million per game, how many purdies it takes to get to their per game salary? Does that make sense? Okay, it makes sense. 
you're turning your own mic off. Okay, it makes sense. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, you would think that I'm a professional. I was just putting my hand. You in know it, what so did I say yeah. about us being system hosts? Yeah. We don't want to be doing the technology. No, no, no. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not great at technology. I'm not great at technology. All Here right. We go. So basically. The Baltimore Ravens, when they pay Lamar Jackson on a per-game basis, how many purdies could they get per game with Lamar? Five and a half is the over-under. Over-under five and a half. So that's 870 times. So I'm going under. I'm going because un- let's try to do the math here. Lamar, make his contract's what, 260 No, let's just say he's, he's making $52.5 million. Yeah, yeah. So right. break that out with seven. Five years. Breaking that out oh, no, She really doesn't yeah. want to do the math. That's what she's saying. Yeah, so I mean, like he's making essentially what, $3 million a game? $3 million a game, so yeah. under. under. Yeah, I'm saying under. 5.45 is the answer, Purdy's per game. In other words. 5.45 Purdy's yeah. per game? In other words, basically what you're looking at is <laughs> – Brock, per- you could have five point four five Brock Purdy's payment wise for one Lamar Jackson wow. game. Wow. Okay. Wow. So that uh, now Patrick Mahomes over under three and a half Purdy's per game. Well, it's got to be over. I'm gonna go over too. Yeah. The answer is over three point seven five. So basically, per game, the Kansas City Chiefs pay Patrick Mahomes three point seven times more. Than Brock Purdy makes for an entire season. Wild. Per game. Per Wild. game. Per Wild. Game. His 17 game salary Wild. versus the one game salary. That's that is that's Wild. the game here. All Do right. you think when Brock Purdy gets his check, he's like, hey, what is your say? You right. do his teammates around the t- <laughs> Hey, what, what's your say? How many comments you got? <laughs> Daniel Jones, New York Giants. Over under 3.0 Purdy's per game. I think it's under. Under? CeCe? I'm going over. Over. Oh my the I'm answer over. is over. 3.16. That basically wow. the Giants are paying Daniel Jones per game 3.16 times more than Brock Purdy makes for an entire season. That's Think wild. about that for That's a second. Wild. That right? is wild. That they're per game for one single game. Daniel Jones last week did not play. Now, obviously, he was hurt. But the New York Giants paid Daniel Jones more last week to not play football than Brock Purdy gets for an entire season. Starting to get why I'm obsessed with Brock Purdy's payment here. Dak Prescott, your guy, CeCe. Mm. That's my guy? Uh, yeah, it's your guy. <laughs> my guy? Your guy. When did that happen? Well, I'm right. I'm tired. 2.0 Purdy's over under. Uh, I'm going to go under on this one. Under. Smalls? I'm just kind of playing the law of averages. I think we should go under. Yeah. Well, uh, you're both wrong because it's 2.1. So Two, the Dallas Cowboys are paying Dak Prescott. 2.1 times more per game than Brock Purdy makes for an entire season. Now CeCe's looking frustrated at this. No, yeah. because they've all been over, so I'm just going to go with over for the last one, no matter who it is. All right, Russell Wilson, over, under, 2.0. Over. 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 Under 1.8. Oh, oh, here we go. You're going to throw the curveball <laughs> here. So you know what? Russell Wilson, value quarterback. That's what we right. realized. said no one ever with this He's contract. He's only 1.88 times more per game than Brock Purdy is for the entirety of the season. No. And how, how much is he getting paid? Like, how many wins does that equate to? Well, right? not many. Um, the Broncos going to have to find a quarterback <laughs> like Brock Purdy yeah. next year because it ain't going to be Russell Wilson. Jimmy G, last one. Over, under... 1.25 Purdy's per game. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go under. The answer is over 1.62. So again, per game, the Raiders are paying Jimmy G 1.62 times more 
than the Niners pay Purdy's Brock Purdy. Per game. The PPG. <laughs> well done, Purdy's Jerry. Our, Jerry, our Shout TV producer, Jerry. came up with this game. Oh Great job, gosh. Jerry, on this one. But yeah, if you look at this, now maybe we can understand why the obsession over Brock Purdy is right. Because most teams are paying their quarterbacks more per game by multiples than the Niners pay Brock Purdy for the entirety of the season. That's remarkable. That is absolutely remarkable to think about it. And that is one of the reasons why all these teams try to find guys that can outperform his, their contract. Now, it's not to suggest, oh, if you're the Chiefs, you should have looked for Brock Purdy and not Patrick Mahomes. Or same thing with the Ravens. You just got to be really sure that when you're paying a guy that much, he's worth that much. Yeah, the worst thing that you can do in the NFL is pay a guy top-of-the-market money and still be on the fence with him, right? Like what the New York Giants did with Daniel Jones, what the Cardinals did once upon a time with Kyler Murray. You, you don't want to be in that spot as an NFL franchise because it limits what you can do from a roster construction standpoint. When you got a guy like Brock Purdy that's making less than a million dollars, think about how – how much you can spend on other areas of your team. That's why everybody talks about the 49ers having the, you know, the, the most talented roster in the NFL. You got the best left tackle in Trent Williams. You got one of the best receivers in Debo Samuel. You got the best running back in football at Christian McCaffrey. You got one of the best tight ends in George Kittle. You got Nicky Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year. You got Fred Warner, one of the best inside linebackers. You got an all-pro safety. The reason why you can afford all of those guys is because Brock Purdy makes less than a million dollars a year. So it gives you a decided advantage when it comes to building out your team and having top-of-the-market talent and then also being able to have sustained success. So over the life of that rookie deal, it gives you an opportunity to take care of core guys that can help you compete for championships. This exercise was great because it really drove home the point of how valuable Brock Purdy is. And it just made me laugh to think, this is the organization that whiffed on Trey Lance. And here, and here they are having a quarterback who's giving them the second most, most, is it the the second most value most, in the is league. Is it the second most valuable contract in the league? Behind Mahomes? Yeah, behind Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. Are they still paying Trey Lance more than they're paying Brock Purdy? There's a chance, or maybe more of a cap hit for Trey Lance than Brock Purdy? There's a chance that it's still on their books a little bit. That's how valuable that guy is. It's really remarkable. Have the Chiefs become the new dynastic team in the NFL? We'll get to that next. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.